Gonzaga, Wisconsin, past decade, who's had more success? Now, now this is a loaded question. It is because Gonzaga's thrown in your face constantly. Mm. They're always tabbed as that you know that juggernaut. You know they're the one seed. Five times now they've been the one seed, haven't won a title. They get thrown in their face. They got you know better like Chet Holmgren this year. They got these big time you know recruits and names for the most part. He's going number one in the NBA lottery, and and then you look at Wisconsin, who is a team that, I mean. They're not a one seed too often, right? They did have two fi- the, the back-to-back Final Four run. Mm-hmm. They did go to a national title game. They play in a much tougher conference. And then you look at Gonzaga, though. Gonzaga has been, um, let's see here, two national title games. No wins, obviously. They just got there. Sweet 16, they lost last night. A national title they lost in 2021. Uh, losing the Elite Eight in 2019. Losing the national title game in 2017. And lost in the round of 32 in 2013. All as a number one seed, RJ. Yeah. When you look at Gonzaga versus Wisconsin, who in the last decade would you say is a more successful team? And Rowdy, feel free to answer too. First off, I would say Gonzaga is the more successful yeah. team. You just said it. They've been to two national uh, championships, two national finals. They have not won one. Well, neither has Wisconsin. I believe it was them, Michigan, and somebody else where they had made it. Was it to eight straight consecutive uh, Sweet 16s? Something like that. And they're the only three that have done it. That It's something like that. Overall, Gonzaga has been the better program, and it's no doubt in my mind, the last 15 years. Though Wisconsin's been pretty good. The only difference is Wisconsin nationally doesn't have the same expectations that Gonzaga does. But that's all because of the experts, but, the sportscasters, the Ken Palms of the world. That's the only reason why. On the face of it, for success, year in and year out, it's Gonzaga. But could you flip it this way, saying Gonzaga, and I know it's the experts and the pundits talking about it and hyping them up and then they never live up to it. Wisconsin, does Wisconsin ever get hyped up? Does Wisconsin ever get, you know, Wisconsin's been up hyped up one time in my life. So couldn't <laughs> you say that Gonzaga always fails to meet expectations while Wisconsin always exceeds, or not always, but more times than not succeeds expectations compared to what the national landscape paints them as? Therefore, Wisconsin has better success with less expectations while Gonzaga has failed? I don't know if I would go that far, but I would I say the one time that. that Wisconsin in my life was actually hyped up, it was the second Final Four run. It was mm-hmm. after they had made the final four. They had pretty much everyone returning. Everyone thought Frank was like the star. Decker was obviously a, a big component of that team too and was a, a big time draft pick. But that was the one time where they were hyped. They started really talking about Bo Ryan as a great coach. They started talking about Wisconsin being a one seed or or being one of the top teams in the country. That's even with the likes of a Kentucky team that wasn't losing. I guess what I'm trying to get at here is uh, maybe not more success, but what would you rather be looking at here? A team that is always disappointing you when you're always put on top of the pedestal? Or a team like Wisconsin that will come and surprise you almost every year and give you a nice little run? Won the Big Ten this year? You'd say the Big Ten is a lot better competition than where Zaga plays. West Coast Conference. And then yeah. you look at you look at Wisconsin and what they were able to do to get a share of the Big Ten was incredible. Then you go look back at the years past and what they did in the Big Ten is you're not going to confuse it for the West Coast Conference, right? So you look at this and you're like, wow, Wisconsin Wisconsin's the team that keeps surprising you and makes you feel as feel-good story every year until uh, the eventual loss. Where Gonzaga, you think you're the creme de la creme, puffing your chest all year, then you have egg on your face. <laughs> I, but still, I mean, you... Yes, they're put in your face all the time, but along with those expectations, they're doing well. I, I, it's, 
I I think I'm okay with saying they're probably the. It's, not, it's an interesting thing team. to think about. I mean, they are doing well, but at the end of the day, they aren't winning. The anything. one season so I a, feel a pathetic like, conference. <laughs> I actually, now that we think about it, I think the one season I really think where Gonzaga wasn't ranked to the extent as what they normally get ranked. That was one of the years they made it to the national championship. 11-12? No. Uh, they've no. It was the team. It was the team in the uh, two thousand and fifteen to seventeen. When was when was their second runner up? Uh, 16-17. 2017, They lost in the yeah. national. Tournament. Yeah, that that year, 2017. They're a one seed though. Yeah, but it seemed like a lot of people had them in the tournament getting ousted. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they went there and they actually did it. Or else, most of the times they're a one, they're a two, and they make it to the Sweet Sixteen. But they could never quite make it to the Final Four until a couple of those years. So our guy B-Rail says Gonzaga is the same as the Packers. You play in the NFC North. You come out of your conference. You know, you're a winner. And then fall on your face. Our guy Victor Fernandez says, to give you an idea, Gonzaga, since Mark Few's hiring, they have won 91% of their conference regular season. Yeah, well, they, I kind of like that, actually. twice in their conference. Yeah. From B-Rail. Uh, B-Rail. It's kind of funny. It is funny. Are they the Packers? Yeah, they give you a shot to win every single year. Uh-huh. Yeah, they get you into the deep into the quote unquote postseason. You'd say Sweet Sixteen's a decently deep run. Yeah, and they always uh, win their division. Like you said, the WCC isn't a strong conference. Kind of is very similar to the Packers, but we think they're really good. I think I would rather be. And we have to live with that heartbreak. And and this goes to a more broader landscape. But don't things. you ever. Ever what confused Chet Holmgren for Mike Holmgren? <laughs> don't don't you do it? Did somebody ever did somebody do that? Does Chet wear a mean? I don't know. <laughs> I love the pictures of Mike Holmgren in the starter jacket alongside of Brett Favre back in the day. <laughs> and don't you ever confuse Mark Few with Mark Murphy? <laughs> yeah, that's disrespectful that's to Mark, Mark Few. Few. There's no so doubt about it. That's disrespectful. Um, I just, it's just something to think about, man. It's, you know, Gonzaga is always left with egg on their face when Wisconsin, it's always kind of a surprise. I do want to say one thing though, about Gonzaga. It was Wisconsin nice to see, the Big Ten. it was nice to see John Stockton back in the crowd. Go Stockton. Cause remember he got kicked out for being a season ticket holder Yeah, for not wearing a mask. Yeah. Good to see him back in the crowd. Yeah. Get, get that man. I back see that there. Gonzaga welcome them back with open arms. Yes, only they the, should only their biggest uh, named what alumnus versus what do you mean what, Adam, Morrison. Adam Morrison? Adam Morrison. It's either it's either John Stockton or Adam Morrison. Adam Morrison's got Morrison was more of the cult figure. Adam Morrison has two NBA rings, by the way, and two NBA championship rings. That is true. Does Stockton have any? No. Oh. Adam Amo's got two. Who had the better career? Well, if you go by rings, <laughs> Adam Morrison had a better NBA career. By the way, I know who Dave from Anona would pick. Amo. Adam Morrison, and this reason, John Stockton wore short shorts. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Morrison wore sleeves, though. Not long sleeves, but he wore sleeves. He did, but it's it was the baggy was sleeves the of the sleeves. time. It wasn't the long sleeve. Adam Morrison, also notorious for not brushing his teeth, doing a lot of chew, and also not showering. So he had a nice little... Well, maybe that's why Dave would pick him, too. He could sniff him out easily. So yeah, there's <laughs> hey, Adam, I, know, I know that guy. Hey, there's Adam Morrison. Hey. Hey, what's up, bro? Um, so, yeah, just something to think about. We'll have to get back to this. Uh, so if, if Gonzaga, and think about this because the Razor's Edge is coming up. If if Gonzaga is the Packers, yeah. who the hell is the Badgers in NFL terms? Think about that for a second. Because we got, uh, that's a conundrum right there. I think that's spot on with Gonzaga being the Packers.
I don't know what the pack or the uh, the Badgers would be. Mm, yeah, I don't know about that either. I almost said something. I almost regretted. I'm glad I didn't. The, the Cowboys? No. They they won. Well, that was more than ten years ago. Uh, well. All right, I think about it. I don't want to incriminate myself. All right, so if Gonzaga is the Green Bay Packers in this sense, compared to football terms, uh, I almost said that the uh, the Wisconsin Badgers are like the Minnesota Vikings. I stopped myself because I almost vomited a little bit, and then I realized, hang on. No, 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 no. That's not the case because the Big Ten, the conference itself, is much harder than what the NFC North is. And I, I, there are some parallels, but then Rowdy said... He had a doozy, and it comes from the AFC. So if Gonzaga is the Green Bay Packers, Rowdy, what are the Wisconsin Badgers? Yeah, so I thought about it for a little bit, and the first thing that popped into my mind when I glanced at some of the NFL teams was Baltimore Ravens. And they play in the AFC North, black and blue division, right? Big 10, big stage, physical. Big 10, big stage. Obviously, Pittsburgh's. Pittsburgh's the big dog in that division. They have the more, more of the championships. They're the longtime team. But then I thought about it, and I was like, Baltimore's won a couple Super Bowls. Uh, I don't know. They've won. They've probably won too many Super Bowls to really be compared to Wisconsin. So then I, I kind of kept looking around. Ended up settling on a team for the AFC West. Oh. Went with the Los Angeles Chargers, and here's why. Oh. For the oh. past 20, 25 years, the Chargers were pretty relevant and pretty damn good with Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers, but were never able to ever win that Super Bowl. And kind of like Wisconsin, they've been pretty good, pretty solid, but haven't ever quite been able to make that real run. And they did make, what, two Final Four runs, but they did they came up short of a championship. But then I thought about it. We're Wisconsin. We we won a national title in basketball in the forties. Yeah, but some people don't forget don't, it. Some people uh. don't consider that a national title, and it might have been like a a voting where they tied with another team. So then I was thinking about it, and this works perfectly with uh, the San Diego slash Los Angeles Chargers because the only time they ever won a championship was when they won the AFL championship, <laughs> oh. where it was AFL versus. In NFL, there was no Super Bowl yet. It was in the 60s, before the Super Bowls. It's even before they played each other. Exactly. So I'm saying it's like the Wisconsin 1941 (laughs) national title. They've been relevant for 20 years, couldn't win a title, and the last time they actually did win a quote-unquote title, people question it. They're the San Diego Chargers. By the way, I just went to NCAA.com, right to the beast itself. And I typed in Wisconsin National Championship in on NCAA.com. And I quote, Wisconsin won its first NCAA National Championship in 1941. The Badgers played their first two games on their home floor before beating Washington State 39 to 34 in a barn burner in that Uh title game. So take that, all detractors and haters. Feel sorry for anybody who took the under in that game. (laughs) You can never take what Wisconsin did away in 1941, their first and only NCAA championship. Now, I was thinking about this, Rowdy. I like your, uh, of the the Chargers. Uh, I was thinking about this. Now, this team has gone to a couple more championship games. Uh, I will equate it to a Final Four, though, as in four appearances in the Super Bowl. I would say that I could see some parallels to the Buffalo Bills. For your Wisconsin Badgers. Now, there is a championship in the 1941 for the Badgers, Mm -hmm. but how many times have we seen the Badgers, i.e. the nut continuum, get close or up to the mountain 
about to plant their flag just to be whoop, kicked in the nuts and off the mountain. That would be considered to me the Buffalo Bills. They had some competition there, uh, you know, in the day. I would say the Buffalo Bills is a, I like rowdies though, but I would say okay. Buffalo Bills is a good comparison. If Gonzaga's the Packers, then why can't the Badgers be the Buffalo Bills? Sure. I would say the Badgers never went to four straight championship games. Final four, just play also, along. I, I, my, my, my detractor <laughs> on that would be Bills had a lot of irrelevant seasons other than the 90s. That's, that's other, other than just recently. Uh, let's see. We have some coming in for all the, what about the Indianapolis Colts? Uh, the K- Kinger King says Cincinnati Bengals. Mm. RJ, do you have one? I mean, we're kind of stealing some know. thunder here. It's, I mean, I don't think I do. I don't think there's a wrong answer f- to, for the most part. They're the Patriots. <laughs> okay. There's a wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, one wrong answer. Darn. <laughs> uh, I just, I was looking at my Twitter right now and our guy, Craig, uh, he says, Ebo, have you been drinking all night? You're really not trying to compare Wisconsin to Gonzaga, are you? And I sent him back uh, a little gif of Leonardo DiCaprio's Jay Gatsby when he's, you know, he's cheersing. Uh, no, actually, I haven't drank in three days. But oh. uh, I take that back. Oh. I did have when the Ryan Geist was in on Wednesday for our relief pitcher or, or, or wow. beverage of the week. I, I did. You just lied to everybody. I did take a little nip off of both of those. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't finish them though. Uh, but when it comes to uh, Craig, I'm not comparing them to Gonzaga. I'm just saying, could you say that Wisconsin? Um, you know, Gonzaga's always left with egg on their face. Well, Wisconsin kind of surprises people, uh, and especially when it plays on a harder conference. I'm not comparing the Zags <laughs> to Wisconsin. I was just trying to make myself feel better about Wisconsin's uh, ousting of the tournament. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, Wisconsin Badgers and kind of compare and contrast on this Freaky Friday. All right, boys, I want to talk, uh, continue on to the football, but not in Gonzaga's sense, but in the Packers' sense when it comes to what we've seen happen yesterday in the NFL. And the King says on Twitch, Nelly, I like Nelson's comparisons, actually. Oh. Game. Now we're talking. Real recognize real. Game recognizes game. As the King this week, Nelly has said it off and on air that you have been on your game when it comes to your comedy these last two weeks. Boys, we got a wide receiver problem. I mean, is In- it a problem if you don't have wide receivers? Yes. In Titletown. And it. Is Aaron Rodgers going to throw the damn ball to himself? Hey, Rodgers, go long. And I'm not talking to Mari. So, boys, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, now a Kansas City Chiefs, three years, $30 million for MVS? What? Let him go. Just another guy in the way. Well? Bye. Well? I can't believe Like, bye. It makes sense because the Chiefs were void of some speed and someone to take the top off of. The defense. Uh, the defense to allow Travis Kelsey, some of the running backs, and some of their other receivers underneath. But I, like I said yesterday, it kind of just feels like they overpaid for a guy that in baseball you're going to use as a platoon to try and do what the original guy that was a star did. And yeah. if you're the Packers, especially with how you're hamstrung with uh, salary cap issues right now, mm-hmm. there's no way you can pay MVS $10 million. Ooh. So, okay, here's the thing. I don't... I don't really mind Marquez Valdez scaling no, no longer being a Packer. No, it's not anything good for MVS for getting the yeah, getting money and, and getting another really nice contract for him. But did you really see that to pay him ten million dollars a year on the field? For, we to talked play, like, about to it. play like four good games and that's he, it. He, four years with the Packers. His first year it was very up and down. Yeah, he had like four catches. Second year it was but very very bad. 
Third year, it was his best year. And then last year, he it was, was hardly there. on the field. He was hurt. Like, what are you going to do? Pay a guy $30 million to be in, like, four games? Or or pay a guy or catch 10, like, $10 million a year for about one and a half solid seasons? Yeah. Oh, hey, MVS, we're going to give you three years, $30 million uh, for the season in its entirety. You'll maybe catch four deep balls, and that'll be about it. Yeah. And then you'll be hurt. And then don't forget the fact that his, it's – the first two years is up to eighteen million with yeah. incentives. Uh, I think like, the most. I think the most. Uh, the most damage he did to um, you know opposition was on Twitter last year when he was calling people out for talking smack to him. Yeah. I think that's the biggest fight he put up all year was on Twitter. <laughs> like, okay, MVS, he's fast. Okay, and he'll catch it sometimes. He'll catch like one bomb every four games. Yeah, but that's the thing. He's he's very limited in what he can do. It's not like it's not like he's got a route tree where he can run every single route. He's more of a deep threat. Yep. He they need to use his speed. And again, for the most most part of his career, the hands were questionable. And when you're looking for a receiver, one of the things that is big when catching footballs is your hands. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, That's now it's kind of it. Now we, yeah, that was kind of it. So now we look at this wide receiver room, boys. Um, okay, Randall Cobb, Amari Rogers, Jawan Winfrey, all under contract that have caught a pass in the NFL, and then Alan Lazard was tendered a contract as a restricted free agent and is also likely to return. So I, I I'm going to put Alan Lazard in there as well. But you look at this and you're like. <laughs> All right, what are you going to do? Because there's some free agents out there. Packers were linked uh, checking into the Seahawks for Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf. Uh, but then there's the scuttlebutt that they're just going to go wait for the draft where they do have uh, four picks in the first 59 of the draft. And then they also could uh, have a trade like DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett at a veteran free agency. Rowdy, you're still under the guys, and I think I said this yesterday, that I'm like, what are the Packers going to do, Rowdy? Draft? And like, yep, draft. <laughs> and draft. Yeah, I think ultimately, would I be surprised if they signed a free, like a free agent, a veteran guy for a cheaper deal? I wouldn't be that surprised, but I think it's going to be one of of two ways. One, they have to add at least two receivers, Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised if it's adding a known veteran for a cheap deal and then drafting uh, a receiver in the first couple rounds, (laughs) and or first couple rounds, not not, yeah, not deciding to go with a veteran and strictly going two picks in that top 90, 93 yeah. going receiver, receiver. Now I, I could see either likely being done. Hell, maybe depending on how they really feel about that receiver room, maybe they do sign a veteran and dip in out of those five oh. picks, two receivers oh. in the first top three rounds. I wouldn't be surprised by any of those moves, but we do know in the past that Goody, Goody and the Packers just in general haven't really coveted many receivers outside of the likes of Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams. From, but yes. even those guys, for more than one big contract, they really haven't been brought back for a third. So the Packers were to get someone in the first round, which is they haven't done since 2002 with Javon Walker. Uh, we've seen the Packers. Now look at Devontae Adams. uh for example, this remember his first year, people called him drop Vontae Adams and wanted him cut immediately. <laughs> I mean, so yeah. the Packers, when they do get a receiver early on, they don't have a tracker of them like really working out in the first year. Yeah, and that's the thing yeah. with Goody. If you if you look at Goody, he hasn't put a ton of emphasis on the wide receiver position. They, no, I mean look at it now. Like you you talk about 
Ted Thompson, and yeah, he might have uh, kind of failed Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers post-2014. Mm-hmm. He definitely did. But you R. look R. at some of the guys that he did draft and he nailed in the second round, he did nail Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb early in his career was great until he started getting a little older and injuries started impacting his game. Mm-hmm. Jordy Nelson was great for like a decade. Yeah. Devontae Adams has been great for like a decade. Mm-hmm. Like those, those were all solid picks in the second round. What are they going to do in the first? We have uh, phone lines blowing up. I'm going to get to you in one second. Our guy Schuster, Wisconsin, on Twitch. What am I, man? Conspiracy Theory Friday. Goody is doing this to make Aaron Rodgers sweat as payback. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Speaking Speaking of Goody, do you feel confident in Goody when it goes moving forward when it comes to drafting receivers? Now, he hasn't put a ton of emphasis in drafting them first and second round. Obviously, we hear people... And I would say even us to an extent bitching about how they don't draft wide receivers. I've bitched. But here are the wide receivers that they've drafted under Goody. Jawan Moore. Oh, he gone. Gone. Didn't even make the team. Is he even in the NFL? Probably. I don't think so. Practice one. I think think he's stocking shelves. Uh, Valdez Scantling, no longer on the team. But not not necessarily Valdez Scantling's fault. He was good enough to be brought back. It was just the money was too high. Oh, 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 oh. Jamon Moore is an American football wide receiver for the New Jersey Generals of the USFL. USFL. So he'll be so he'll be stocking shelves in a year once it folds. <laughs> they might have a five year plan. What is that? Don't die. Don't Saint, fold. Saint Brown. He's no longer he's, with he's the team. Scraps with the Bears. Very seldomly flashed in games. And then outside of that, the only other guy that he ever drafted was Amari Rogers, which I think a lot of people would say they would have preferred another receiver. <laughs> that's that's not a great track record so far. Now, okay, let's give Amari Rogers the benefit of the doubt. He was a rookie last year. He yeah, came yeah. in, had to learn some things. Now, people wanted Devonta Adams gone as rookie. He year. also he also wasn't afforded the ability to come in and play right in the slot because they did acquire Randall Cobb. We'll pump the brakes on completely crapping on Amari Rogers, but <laughs> on the surface of it, it doesn't look good. No. And the other three, you struck out on two of them, and Valdez Scantling, you weren't able to retain because of the money. Yeah, and yeah, that's and that's that's yeah. not great odds. But About we'll we'll see that. what Goody can do if he actually spends a a top one hundred pick yeah. on a receiver. Goody, have you gotten the TPS report on that? Yeah. He didn't have a cover sheet. Yeah. Rowdy, looking around the NFL, so we were talking about Brian Gutekunst. We were talking about the Packers having a wide receiver problem as Marquez Valdez-Scantling is now with the Kansas City Chiefs. Three years, $30 million. No, Packers, no. So they have now what? Randall Cobb, Amari Rodgers, Jawan Winfrey, and Alan Lazard, all the only players that have caught an NFL pass on the Packers' Roster. We're going to talk more about this and look at Brian Gutekunst in the draft. As a lot of people thinking Goody's going to use that draft capital to dive into the draft. Not sure about you know they did check in on Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, so we'll get to that. But first, speaking of the Packers and a wide receiver problem, we always talk about Aaron Rodgers makes the wide receiver. Back to back MVP, four time MVP now. Aaron Rodgers, uh, one of the greatest at the position. Uh, a lot of people mad about him lying on the podium, though, or telling his kind of truth on the podium. I could care two craps less. But, Rowdy, when it comes to lying on the podium, let me play this clip for you and see if you think this is a lie or not. So Tariq Hill is now with the Miami Dolphins. That's why kind of MVS is with the Kansas City Chiefs now. They need some speed there. Tariq Hill was on the podium yesterday, 
in his introductory press conference with the Miami Dolphins. Let me ask you if you think this is a lie, as most players and coaches and GMs do, and hell, and other aspects of life, politicians lie through their teeth on the podium. Let me ask you if this is a lie or not. Here is Tyreek Hill talking about his new quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa. Tua is one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL, man. So just his ball placement, you know, getting us the ball in space, you know, perfect placement, you know, and us just utilizing our speed, you know, um, utilizing our best asset, you know, and and that's just being dangerous. Rowdy, would you say that's a truth or a lie from Tyreek Hill? The Tua, and I quote, is one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. There's a little bit of truth to it. Yeah? There's also a lot of bit of maybe that truth is... Is it his truth? No, it is. Technically, it is true. But the other but is there's a lot that goes into why that is true. So what do I mean by that? Is yeah, what do you mean by that? Tua was very accurate last year. Now, Tua, if I remember or if I remember off the top of my head, was way up there in the top few quarterbacks for accuracy when it comes to completion percentage, uh-huh. which normally that's what you like, right? Yep. But. The other reason why Tua was way up there, he didn't throw a ton of passes past 10 yards. He nope. wasn't a guy that was throwing the ball 40 yards downfield to like a, a guy streaking on like a seam route. That was a lot of 10, uh, 10 yards or less passes. Now, is Tyreek Hill a guy that can play close to the line of scrimmage and make plays and like with bubble screens or little arrow routes or whatever you have? Yeah, obviously he's a great athlete. He's faster than hell. He's quicker than hell. But where do you see a lot of the games where Tyreek Hill makes those big plays? A lot of them come from, well, when Mahomes is scrambling and or when he beats the defense extremely deep because he is fast as hell. He fast. Like Jalen Waddell was one of the receivers at Miami that had a huge year, right? Another Alabama star receiver. He didn't have a ton of passes where he was catching it 30, 40 yards downfield. He was explosive in that five to 15 range Mm -hmm. Tyree kill might find out that he might not have as many (laughs) explosive plays either downfield Tua did complete 67.8% of his pass attempts in 2021 that landed him seventh in the league for a completion percentage. Yeah. I knew he was up there pretty good. Those are all pretty thinking. Yeah. He's, he's not the Mahomes, the Aaron Rodgers, the Josh Allen's who was chucking it downfield. He was closer to like drew Brees at age 39 and 40, where he's like, man, the arm's not necessarily what it is. Let's just pepper in a lot of short passes. Yeah. So Tariq Hill, Tua sense isn't wrong. But I'm not. Now I'm not saying that Tua can't throw the ball deep. Tua actually can throw the ball pretty well. Don't you remember his national title yeah, where they beat yeah, Georgia? Yeah. That was a pretty good pass. He just hasn't been able to do it consistently in the NFL like those other better uh, big Correct. name quarterbacks that were listed. So I just think if someone gets up there and they, you know, they have their own kind of truth, and you know, some people want to chastise others for lying about things or telling you know their truth. Nah, Tyreek Hill had one thing in mind, and that was dollar signs. After he had already gotten a ring money, and, money, and money. been in Super Bowls with Kansas City and Mahomes, he, goes, he saw the dollar signs. He saw no state income pet tax in Florida. Ooh. He saw Miami Beach. He saw the dollar signs in the nightlife. And he said uh, he saw a free state rowdy. You can basically do what you want. Oh my God. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. Who's this? Hello. Hello. Hey, how's it going? What's up, boys? This is Sean. Sean, what's up, dude? Called in before. No, Sean, we've moved past that. Okay, we're, we're on good terms. We're on maybe, good terms now, maybe, Sean. Maybe you have. I cry myself to sleep most nights over that. Sean, so. Sean, at least you're thinking of me when you go to bed. I do appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, what's on your mind, dude? 
All right, two things. One, uh, Rowdy's right. Tyreek just wanted that money. And don't discredit. See, some of these guys have smart people around them. The no income tax thing is a very real thing. Like back in the day when, when LeBron and D. Wade and Chris Bosh got together, they pretty much could have gone to any team they wanted. And they picked Miami not only for the nightlife and all the other nice weather stuff, but like they don't have to pay any state income tax. Oh, and when you're making millions beautiful? and millions. Sean, doesn't that sound it just well, amazing? Sean, did you see the contract that OBJ signed with the Rams? Yes. So he so for people out there that didn't see it, OBJ signed a contract with the Rams for the league minimum at the time being. So it was roughly oh, I think at the time for half a season like roughly $500,000 or whatever it was. Well, he yep. wanted it in Bitcoin. Yep. Well, Bitcoin obviously it's a very uh volatile. Yeah, volatile. Trust me, I as guess, a guy who owns cryptocurrency, some coin, it goes yeah. up, it goes down. Well, when he signed, it went way down. Then, since he went to L.A. with the Rams, he pays nearly, I think it was 50% in taxes. Oh, oh God. And with it, Bitcoin going down and him paying 50%, that like 500-ish grand turned into like 100. I'm sick. Now, if he yeah. was in Miami... It still would have went down because Bitcoin went down, but not not getting taxed. Boys. I think it was fifty one percent. Boys, good news though. Bitcoin is on the rise this past couple of days. We got a little crypto run going. So, <laughs> well, Sean, Boy, you guys, Sean, you guys are desperate. <laughs> Sean, if I don't pay taxes, which I hate taxes, like nothing good ever happens out of it. I just get bent over more. Um, if I don't pay them, I go to jail. So I wish I'm thinking about moving to Florida. Come on. Uh, well, see, and there you go. And uh, I don't know. They, they get you on different things there, right? It's like who pays the price. Anyway, anyways, anyways, here's anyways, the second thing. There's the second thing here. There was a real point, boys, not just Bitcoin, because that's overrated. Hang on. This year, this overrated. year, next year. Yeah, yeah fine. Sorry, this sorry. year, next year are going to be the years when Matt LaFleur proves if he really is as good of a coach as everyone says he is, because really good coaches take their best weapons and maximize those weapons and figure out how to use them to their advantage against other teams. And, you know, they're going to have to put Randall Cobb. Like, right now, Randall Cobb might be their number one receiver on the team, right? And no offense to Randall Cobb, but, like, that guy is old and he's not as fast. So, like, this is where you really have to figure out how you use your running backs better. If Tanyan is coming back at full strength, how do you get him better? Like, this is where Matt LaFleur proves that he can out-scheme other people. And, I, you know, generally speaking, I think he he can outside of Kyle Shanahan. That seems to be the only guy that he really hasn't quite cracked yet. Yeah, um, Yeah, you're spot on, dude. I, I just... He's, I think he's going to do it. Um, and I, saw, I saw a tweet yesterday that I thought was so funny because somebody said, like, looks like Aaron Rodgers is going to be part of the rebuild after all. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> What's your Twitter? Brutal. Uh, my Twitter? You don't want to follow my Twitter. Don't worry about oh, it. Well, Sean, what are, your, the radar. It, what okay, are your thoughts it, on the it, fact? It, it's Ebo sucks. Uh, um, oh, there's a lot one, of those two, people three. out there. There's a lot of people yeah. out there like, that are like that. Yeah, well, You should see my mentions. The, I get a lot of haters. That's fine. What are, what are your thoughts on the fact that you said you think Randall Cobb is probably the best receiver on the team. I would say I would probably lean Lazard, but regardless, there are people out there like you that believe Randall Cobb probably is the best. And when we think of Randall Cobb and Randall Cobb's best days with the Packers, we also think of him as being the third option on that Packer team. I I know. Like, (laughs) like, you're right. You could make the argument that Lazard, and maybe Lazard is, right? Especially if they're going to go to a a slightly different scheme where they're going to be probably doing more horizontal and need his blocking. But, um... Yeah, I mean, if we got Randall Cobb from seven years ago when he was coming out of Kentucky and, and returning punts, great. I'd be real happy having him as a number one. You but got you're... a DeLorean? He was the three <laughs> on that team, though. That's I the know. crazy thing. And now an old of... beat-up one is potentially number one. When you really want to cry yourself to sleep at night, you should look back at that team, right, where you've got 
Greg Jennings, who we don't speak of anymore, Jordy Nelson, yep. uh, James Jones, Randall Cobb. Jermichael Finley. Jermichael Finley, right? Yep. Like, I have a poster, had yeah. a poster oh, yeah. of that. And it's just like, how did you not score 80 points every game? And, I mean, some games they did score like 45, 50 points. But it's just like, God, I know. what you wouldn't give to have that again. Take me back, Sean. Take me back. S- simpler oh, times yeah. then, too, in the before times. Yeah, you no know? Kid- no, that was true. That and was then here, Sean, how about this? So if big. we do, if you ever find that DeLorean in a flux capacitor and we do go back to that time, I guarantee you right now, if you knew what you knew, you would buy a lot of Bitcoin then because you'd be a millionaire, maybe a billionaire now. That's fair. I mean, that, you're you're probably not wrong. Um, but don't I just, get Rowdy started on it. He had the opportunity and bailed on it. You're probably yeah, a Dogecoin guy, aren't you? You're a Dogecoin guy. That's why you don't like the bid. I get it. <laughs> I'm actually into the uh, into the Shiva coin. No, what's the other? Shiva. That's the, one. That's yeah, the yeah, yeah, Dogecoin killer. Shiva. Yeah. See, that's that's what I'm real into. That's why I'm downplaying all the other coins. Yeah. For all for all the coins I'm into, apparently I'm just into losing money. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sean, you're the man, brother. All right, boys. We'll talk to you later. Have a, have a good weekend, man. See you, Sean. Yep. Uh, good stuff there. And uh, feel free to follow him on Twitter at Ebo Sucks. <laughs> or me, Ebo Says. Yeah, Rowdy, I mean, we talked about that poster a lot, right, or that Sean was talking about, all the talent on that team when it comes to the wide receivers. And now you look at, would they even consider making a poster of what's on the team right now? Or would that just be like a... I don't know what that would be. I don't think anyone would make it. Honestly, if they were going to make a poster, it would be, you know how like when the Green Bay Packers, they show up to like um, charity events or they do the softball stuff, but it's not everyone, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like you had Rodgers, Adams, like all the studs there at the same time. That could be a poster that is made of the receiver room, but it's a poster where they send like a lot of the lower level guys to a charity event. (laughs) They just all happen to be receivers for the Packers. It would be like the men of the zone calendar. Except uh, ours would probably be more fruitful. See what I did there? You know what I'm saying, though? Like, those guys could get on the poster, but it's like for a cheap charity event. Yeah. So, Rowdy, real quick. They don't make make the, hey, we're going to London. We're going to pencil ourselves into Abbey Road. (laughs) All right, Rowdy. uh, Green Bay Packers, wide receiver problem, right? Now, it's not going to be like this when the season starts. The question is, what are they going to do? They were checking in with the Seahawks when it comes to DK Metcalf as well as Tyler Lockett. There's a lot of free agents out there, some a little older. Bring me Cole Beasley, though. I'd take the bee's knees. Him and Rodgers can be best buds. But, Rowdy, you were looking at uh, the Brian Gutekunst draft tree and then also free agents, and you made a, a little statement, oh, what, two commercial breaks ago? Uh, and that was, I think you said Gutekunst is better with the free agency than the draft? Yeah, I think if you look at his history between uh, draft and free agency, I think overall on his hit rate, He's been a lot better when signing free agents. Now he's had some misses like the Jimmy Grahams with her bad signing, but overall he's had a lot of quality veteran signings that have given him some either one year or multi-year uh, of high level play. Yeah. But I went back and we talked a little bit earlier about some of the wide receivers that he has invested draft capital in being the fact that it was Jamon Moore who couldn't make the team <laughs> being that it was Valdez Scantling who was up and down, but they couldn't afford to keep Another uh, St. Brown, St. Brown, who very under, the bears yeah, very underwhelming for the majority of his career outside of flashing for a few games. And then Amari Rogers, who also was very underwhelming, especially with where you thought. But now a lot of that draft capital wasn't in the top 100. The out of all those receivers that he drafted, the four that he drafted, only one <sighs> was in the top 100, and that was Amari Rodgers. And again, it was his rookie year. Yeah, that was a tough we'll year. Give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt, but it didn't look good. 
So I kind of went back and, you know, some of these drafts, like you look at 2018 and the only player left on the roster now with MVS leaving from that draft is Jair Alexander. Now that's a hell of a hit, but the rest of the draft class. Yeah, that's, that's it. Not, not great. That's it. You look at that's four years ago, 2019. Yeah. You have those top three and they've all been pretty good. And Gary Savage, Elton Jenkins, but the rest of that draft class outside of Ty Summers, who's been a good special teamer, gone. And then 2020 is where you start to get to some of the guys that are still there. Even though 2020 now, wasn't, there's very, one, wasn't, very, device, long, wasn't yeah. very long ago, and, and one was Jordan Love. But yeah. I, the one where I really started looking at it, and I was like, well, the Packers now have five draft picks after that uh, Raiders trade for Devontae Adams. Yeah, Five draft, uh, draft picks in the top 100. And you know that in those first three rounds, which are all top 100 picks, after you get past that top 100, you start to draft for traits. But that top 100 is where you normally get the majority of your impact players, especially if they're younger guys coming out of the draft. That oh. That's your impact. You have to nail your impact if you want to be uh, really good. And then you draft by traits and maybe a, you know, a few here or there hit. Well, if you look at some of his top 100 picks. Let's just go through them and say hit or miss 2018. Jair Alexander hit 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 thumbs up. Second round pick Josh Jackson in 2018. <laughs> that's a miss. That's a, that's a swing and a miss 2018 third round pick, which was number 88 Oren Burks. I'd say that's a miss as well, Mm -hmm. more or less because the guy couldn't stay healthy. And then when he did play, he was very up and down. Yeah, just nothing. 2019. So currently he's got one hit, two misses. 2019 Rashawn Gary hit. I'll give him a hit. 2019 first round. Also Darnell Savage hit. I'll give him a hit. 2019 second round. Oaten Jenkins. That's a hit. Hit. 2019 third round, Jace Sternberger. So we're going to miss. Yeah, that was a bad miss. But if you take those three hits, you add it to the one in 18, that's four hits. And what is that? Three misses. Yeah, let me write these down. Then you go to 2020. Jordan Love is my TBD. Okay. You could argue it's a a hit, though, because look how inspired Aaron Rodgers. You could argue it's a miss. You wasted a (laughs) first-round pick when your quarterback had back-to-back MVPs. I think that's the more likely one. I'll play down the middle and say... Down the middle Johnson on him? We'll say that it was TBD. We'll find out in the next few years. TBD. Second-round pick, A.J. Dillon, I'll say hit. That's a big hit. Third-round, Josiah DeGuara. I'd say, I'd say miss, right miss now. for right now. He could be a guy that you could also consider a TBD. I would TBD him. But then 2021, your first three picks. Stokes, that's a hit. Hit. Josh Myers, when he was healthy, that was a hit. hit. Amari Rogers. TBD. Probably a miss, but I'll give him TBD. Benefit of the doubt. If you could just go through that, just give me a couple tally marks here. Two for 2021. You had These are hits. one on 2020. These are hits? Yep, so that's three. You had three in 2019, so that's six, and then one in 2018. Seven hits. Seven hits. You had, going back on misses, you had two misses in 2018. You had a miss in 19. You had, let's see here, probably, we'll say DeGuara's a miss right now. That's four. He didn't miss that wide open freaking pass he dropped. That's four. 
And then you would say a miss on Amari Rogers five. That's seven hits, five misses and one TBD with Jordan love who probably more people would be trending as a miss. Mm -hmm. That's about 50%, a little bit better than 50% hit rate, which overall is not bad. That, that puts you as a, a solid GM in NFL. For the fir- one, two, and three rounds? Yeah, for yeah. the first three rounds where you're getting impact players. But what I'm getting at is they have five this year. I think you can say Goody on his track record. You can guarantee that you will get two impact players out of this draft if they stay in the current uh, draft spots. Just based on his hit rates since 2018, you can expect to have two, maybe three impact players. Two and a half. One guy will have like a, yeah. the last half of the season will be He'll good. be like a MVS, his rookie year, yeah. where it'll be like a good game and then a bad game. Yeah, he'll have like a half of a good season. But yeah, two, to, at the end. two to three guys that you could probably count on to be impact players for the Green Bay Packers going forward next season. Do you think with the signings that they've already had in free agency, maybe adding, we'll say, two players that are impact in the draft. Do you think they've done enough? Do you think they've done enough to win a Super Bowl? <sighs> Can Aaron Rodgers really play any better? He's won back-to-back MVPs now. I mean, he could throw more touchdowns. Tom Brady had more touchdowns. I think you'd have to say that right now the receiver room has taken a step back. But There's let's, no doubt. Let's be honest. The receiver room is is far from being complete. Yeah. Tight ends, I think you would say is is probably it's basically that's, stayed that's the done. exact same. Yeah, it's done essentially. Offensive line as of right now, I think you would say it it's still pretty solid, but the depth is nowhere near what it's well, been the last few years. I mean, you'll get David Bakhtiari back, which I imagine, right? Which is nice, obviously. Defensive line, I think it's upgraded with Jaron Reed. Jaron Reed coming in. Uh, linebackers, you brought back um, you brought back Barnes and you brought back uh, Campbell. I think it's it stays the same. Yep. Preston Smith getting a little extension. Outside linebackers, you brought everyone back, but Zadarius Smith, but he didn't play at all. I think that stays the same. Secondary, you're bringing back pretty much the majority of good players that you had, especially your top three safeties. Yep. Or your top three corners. Mm-hmm. You're bringing back both your safeties. I would say relatively for the most part. I know Chandon Sullivan was talking to Minnesota, but oh, I would he, say... He signed. Where did he go? Did he, did he sign? Yeah, he's with Minnesota. Okay. I saw he was talking to him yesterday afternoon. But overall, I would say... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, he plans the visit, excuse me. Yeah, I saw he was talking to I him. I thought I saw he signed for some reason. I, I feel like he's probably gone. I'll have to go look. But regardless, I think your your safety slash corners and secondary overall are probably about the same. Your inside linebackers are about the same. Your outside linebackers are about the same. Defensive line's a little upgraded. Receiver's a little worse. Offensive line's not as deep. Running back's the same you would hope that Aaron Rodgers continues to play at MVP level. I'd say as of right now, going into the draft, they're probably about a net neutral on if they have gotten better or not. They just added a lot of their same players. Yeah. And now obviously losing Devonte Adams is huge because that's the best wide receiver in the game. What happens? That's why those, those first five picks in the draft for the Packers are going to be huge. That's, that's probably going to make or break how much better this team gets. Yeah. All right. I don't foresee him to sign many more free agents. No, neither, no. And I expect the draft to be huge for them. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens. And then Rowdy, there was the, I saw the bold take two days ago. I told you about this. The Packers shouldn't draft the wide receiver with their first round pick. Well, I'll be down powerful. They've done all the way since 2002. So I'd say that's a very risky move. <laughs> I know. Especially when you have Randall Cobb, Jawan Winfrey, Amari Rogers, and Alan Lazard currently. I like when Sean called in earlier saying this is going to be Matt LaFleur. This is Matt LaFleur scheming his way 
to hopefully a Super Bowl. If you want to get really up Matt LaFleur's worth, wait till Rodgers is gone. Oh, I, last night I told you I couldn't sleep very well. Yeah. So I started digging into some of the salary cap stuff. Again, I could see them signing maybe two or three more free agents off the street, but it's not going to be any of those huge name guys. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put my money on like a Honey Badger yeah. or anyone big time like a Jadavion Clowney. Well, you know, Honey Badgers don't give a ish. Diving into the Milwaukee Brewers here. Now they did fall yesterday. Uh, Josh Hader, though, a crushing. Uh, yeah, two he's appearances, looking filthy as ever. Two appearances, six up, six down, six strikeouts. Josh Hader. That's the mark of the beast, Rowdy. Six, six, six right there. Josh Hader, the devil on the mound. Not to be messed with. Uh, I saw that, or you sent this, I think. So we were talking about nine of the ten players uh, met arbitration, right? There was one that didn't. It was Adrian Hauser. Yep. And Hauser, um, let's see here. He wanted, was it three million? No, 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 he asked for $2.575 million. Okay. The projected arbitration for Adrian Hauser was $2 million. And so since they could not come to an agreement, it's going to go to an arbiter. But it, it is pretty interesting. So what did RJ say when he was in here about it? Like yeah, the, he said because... Just meet in the middle? Uh, yeah, I said it from what Adrian Hauser said. It sounded like he was asking for close to $3 million. RJ goes... How about I'll play arbiter and we'll split the difference and we'll go 2.5. 2.5. Well, it turns out he was asking for a little less than $2.6 million. And like I said, two was what they projected him at. Now, the thing that's interesting to me is <clears throat> we <throat> talked about how they came to an agreement with nine out of their 10 players. Yes, yes. And those nine other players, which were like the Woodruffs, the haters, the uh, Burns of the world, those type of players that have been really good. The Adamases. They all got Lauer, a slight raise. Correct? They all got slight pay raises anywhere from about two hundred to $600,000. And in this economy, good for them. So, yeah, it was a little bit. It, it's a little bit like, hey, thanks for being great. We'll give you a little bit more than what you were projected for arbitration. We'll keep you a little bit happier. You think Except Hauser for Hauser? You think he saw like inflation? He's like, come on, dude, I need a little more. And Hauser's been good. He's been a guy that. Hey, when he was asked to come out of the bullpen, he's came out of the bullpen. When he's been asked to start, he's he was a starter and he especially the last couple of years, yeah, he's been pretty solid, especially for a guy that you're only asking to be like your fourth or fifth starter. Correct. Hauser's been very serviceable. He's been nice. And he just wanted he's like, dude, you've seen inflation? Seen the price of gas? I need a little more money. And they said, Well, you gotta go an arbiter. And Stearns and Ananasio said no. <laughs> like we're living but yes, in this Now this too, is dude. the funny part that we talked about. So, yeah, it was a little less than $600,000 is what he was asking for. They say no, but then the funny part was Mark Ananasio spent almost $500,000 on a Jackie Robinson debut ticket, ticket. stub. So so Mark is, Ananasio is going to arbitration with Hauser over $575,000. Correct. Earlier, just like a month or so ago, Mark Adonazio bought a baseball card for 480000 Well, it was the Jackie Robinson ticket stuff. Or stub. ticket stuff, excuse me, yes. But yes, and it's probably going to hang on the wall in one of the mansions that he rarely visits. <laughs> but but he, who, what will he see more, the Jackie Robinson ticket stub or Adrian Hauser? Adrian Hauser, and Adrian Hauser is going to be the one that probably makes him more money. Correct. Because Hauser would be the one helping win ball games. When you win, more people come in and spend money. But then there was a nice little article written, I That's believe, funny. by Adam McKelvey, and they were interviewing Mark Ananasio about spending money and yep, I you know, pinching, pinching pennies here, and you might as well play it. Oh, here you go. Um, we'll probably pause it a couple times and react to it. Mark Ananasio catching up with uh, Adam McKelvey. 
outside of uh, Brewer Spring Training here in your dig, Alyssa. Well, I think everybody is really happy to be back and, and at it. And uh, I think everybody is. You know, uh, Rob, our commissioner, you know, talked about trying to take a step toward the players. You know, we it's it, interesting. Really? We all have many, many of the owners have really good, you know, relations with their players and their teams. I, you know, was delighted to see Ricky Weeks back. You know, he's in our uh, baseball ops group now. And so, Rowdy, your boy Ricky Weeks is back. So it's it's we, we, we we've got to do better. Just say even on, on our side, let's start. We had to do better at not having uh, a skirmish every every five years. Oh, gee, you think? The most important thing, I think, is that we want to try to improve the product on the field for everybody, the players and what they play, fans and what they watch. And we have a real opportunity to do that now. And we, we talk about making the game better. We want to bring the game back to sort of, you know, where it was at in terms of, you know, pace of play and uh, the, the amount of action. This is... I'll say not only is this, you know, this may be, David was telling me this may be the best team we've had uh, in his tenure, which would probably mean for me, uh, other than 2011, be the best team I've had. And I, I can tell you like a thousand percent this is the best group of athletes that we've we've had in 18 years. I'm going to pause it there quick. David Stern saying this is the best team they've ever assembled and Adonazio saying this is the most amount of athletes they've ever had in their team. Brewers are odds-on favorite to win the NL Central, right? They're, for Vegas, they have the most over/under for wins. Was it eighty-nine and a half? Eighty-nine and a half, and their odds to win the NL Central are minus one seventy. Ooh, and Cards are second. Cardinals were second. Okay, for Good. both win total and odds to win the NL Central. Nice. Here's more from the, the Brewers' principal owner, Mark Anazio. And so we need to figure out how to showcase that athleticism. Um, and it will draw people to the game. These games are really competitive. They're a lot more competitive than other sports that, you know, uh, in terms of pure competition that, you know, arguably have more action. So if we stay healthy, and it starts with that, and we already have uh, one injury, as we know. Luis Rios? Hopefully just, you know, a few weeks. Uh, you, you have to, you know, 30 teams are trying to do the same thing. One team gets there, and, and this pattern of so often where teams are knocking on the door, knocking on the door. This team knows what it's like to go to the playoffs. The players talk about taking the next step and that's the mission this year. I know it's Craig's mission. I don't know if he talked about that with you or or not. And uh, it's a you know, Yuke's got one World Series ring. We told him we want to get him a second one. There it is. I can send up for Yuke with a nice World Series ring. There's Mark on now. So nothing blowing the doors off. But I do like him saying that, you know, David Stearns told him this is the best team they've assembled and they have the most amount of athletes they've ever had on their team. So what's your takeaway from uh, that little diatribe there? At well, training? one, I would say I, I probably agree with Ananasio on the statements that this could arguably be David Stern's best team. We'll see exactly how it plays out, but with how well their pitching was last year, if they get something close to that and it very well could be, could there be another Cy well, Young well, award think winner? About, coming from think the about some of the teams that so uh, Stearns has put together 2018. Yeah. The offense was pretty damn good, but the pitching was a lot more to be desired and not even anything close to what it was last year. Yeah. 2019 was kind of the, they were decent, but not great. 2020, yeah, they made the playoffs, whatever. They weren't a good team. 2021 last year, 
the the pitching was really good. Hitting was timely, except for the postseason. Except when it counted the most, mattered the most. So I'd agree with David Stearns. It could very well be the best team that he has assembled. But I also agree with Ananasio. You look at that 2011 team that still had Braun yeah, in his prime. A- it still had Fielder in its prime. Don't forget the Corey Hearts of the world. But look at the rotation. That was when they had Grinky. That was when they had Markham. Gallardo was throwing the ball. Like that was, that was a team... But that team could not match what this team can pitching wise. Yeah, for sure. That team definitely had the better hitters as of right now or that we've seen career wise. But that team cannot, even with some of those names on there, cannot come anywhere close to what this team could be if they continue to pitch the way they have last year. But the one thing that did bug me, and I know you didn't play any of the clips that he was talking about, it was about managing money. That's the only clip I had. Sorry, Rowdy. Yeah, there was one where he was talking about managing money. This was on like the article that I read and how they need to figure out the best ways to spend money. Was this because, from Ananasio or from Stearns? Uh, it was from Ananasio oh, talking okay. about him and David Stearns working together. Yeah, but so was, that's the only clip I had from It was Mark. like pinching pennies and how they can you know still try and be uh, competitive without spending as much money and what David Stearns' job was and all this. But there was a couple things about them not spending money in. And I'm like, dude, you're at 118 million. You're still almost 20 million dollars away from where you sat in 20. What was it 2019 yeah. from being your highest? Well, they and spent you can, the most. And you continue to have people flood the stadium, buy beverages and, and memorabilia. It's like you still have some wiggle room, even though I'm sure the roster isn't 100% rounded out yet because there is some time. Yeah. You know, they'll probably um, get some low level, older, 30 something year old arm. Off season was cut short. Spring training is going to be cut short. But the thing that bugged me was he said that they were looking to bring in some big time names and big time talent and that they had three names on their list and they were happy that they were able to bring one of them in. Dude, Andrew McCutcheon, it's not 2012 <laughs> anymore. They were talking it's about not 2014. Like, I get it. He's oh, a name. About Renfro. But, no, he was talking about Andrew McCutcheon and how they were able to bring him in for what they thought was at least somewhat of a reasonable price at eight and a half. You trying I to just say that maybe? Like, dude, I would guarantee you if you ask most people when you went to free agency and you were talking about big names and there was three of them, Andrew McCutcheon did not make the list. <laughs> he made the list maybe 10 years ago. Hey, well, here's the thing. Sometimes people like to pee on your leg, Rowdy, and tell you it's raining. And some people will believe you. Andrew McCutcheon, I love the move for the Brewers. Like, there's upside to it. Yeah, it's Great not, veteran it's presence. Like, okay, it's a decent move. But let's not act like he was one of the three big names you had when everyone hit free yeah, agency. I, he'll, be, he'll be nice for the Brewers, like, a nice in the clubhouse. Uh, he's going to be DHing, yada, yada, yada. Like, he's not going to be an everyday kind of guy. It's, it's a nice move. But let's it makes not the again. Brewers better. It's not like signing a Bryce Harper who'd or the, a Mike who'd the Phillies, Trout. Who'd the Phillies just Or sign? a Max Scherzer or a Castellanos. Yeah. So let's not let's not Margaritanazio. Let's not let's not pee in people's legs here and tell yeah, us it's raining. Like, and then the, they're just pissing on it, my leg. It just kind of rubbed me the wrong way when he said that. And then when he was talking about spending money wisely and stuff like that, it's like. Hey Ben, what do you know? What, what do the Phillies BS. know about morning? Oh, by the Andrew way, Andrew McCutcheon's an MVP. <laughs> so was Christian Yelich. Yeah, should have been a two timer. Hey Ben, good morning. Good morning, guys. 
So we're bitching about spending. How much are they at right now, Rowdy? One, they're currently at one eighteen. I'm, I'm going to guess if they make a few signings here and there, they probably get to about one hundred and twenty. You know what the Phillies are at the top of your head? Well, they just gave <laughs> Castellanos a hundred million, and they overplayed <laughs> for. So. And they overpaid for Brad Hand for what six million? So okay, there's 106. a hundred What? Brad Hand's a joke. Yeah, <laughs> so that's one hundred and six million just right there this offseason. <laughs> oh, speaking got, of off, yeah, what Schwarber get eighty? Eighty. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of off seasons, did anyone see those tweets that have been circulating where it's like, here are the teams that spent a ton of money. Here oh are yeah, teams yeah, that yeah. Haven't spent money at all. The, the A's have spent no money, right? The by the way, if I was an Oakland A's fan, I would say just move the effing franchise. You're not going to spend any. They had spent zero money at the day of this. T- what do they have? What, which was the other the other day? Do you, do you think the A's have more fans of the actual team or fans of Moneyball, the movie? I think they have fans. I think their fans don't want to go to that crap hole. <laughs> Zero. You spent zero dollars in the off season. Zero. And you were already ch- making trades, getting your making your team worse. The Guardians. Who came up with a stupid Cleveland, name? Cleveland. Cleveland. They spent nine hundred thousand dollars. That's like getting one quadruple A player signing. The Reds. They've spent five point five, but that makes more sense. They're rebuilding. Yeah, they're yeah. they're tearing it down. The Orioles. The Orioles have been rebuilding for like a decade from when they were somewhat <laughs> de- okay. Seven point nine million. But then the fifth team from the bottom, fifth to last. Milwaukee Brewers, yeah. 12.9. Now, I can't say that David Stearns hadn't improved the roster because the Renfro trade was great. And some of the signings like McCutcheon have been pretty good and they definitely make the Brewers better. But when you look at some of these other teams, like 12.5 million is not a ton. You look at some what some of these other teams have done. The Rangers, the Texas Rangers have spent almost $581 million. Mm. The Dodgers spent over $266 million. The Mets spent 258 and change for millions of dollars. (laughs) Even the Tigers. The Tigers? $235 plus million. Million And then that poverty-stricken franchise out on the East Coast that goes by the name of the Phillies, they spent $204 plus million. million I don't know why I'm thrown into that conversation. Just because it's fun. Uh, We'll get back to it. We got Raphael coming up. Imagine... Just think about that. Million dollars. 12.5 for the Milwaukee Brewers. 12.5. That's fifth least, right? Yeah, fifth least. Damn. Well, if you look at Ryan Braun, right? They are for yeah, the next so well, full, eight years, yeah, I think. So you got to get him off the books but, before you do anything else. But just <laughs> think about this. The amount of money <laughs> that the DH. Texas Rangers spent this year, over $580 million, million. versus what the fifth to last Brewers spent, 12 and a half, is nearly 46 and a half times more money <laughs> spent this offseason <laughs> than the Brewers. Hey, but Mark, and you got that Jackie Robinson but ticket. But I'm glad he bought that ticket stub, and I'm glad he's coming up with creative ways to not spend as much money, and I'm glad he got one of the stars of the offseason, Andrew McCutcheon. He also got a haircut, so he did spend money on that. His That's probably gone. the biggest plus for him. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, this is Nader. Nader, what's up, dude? Well, I didn't know that the Brewers actually signed Andrew McCutcheon. That's good. But 
you guys okay? You seem a little worked up over this whole situation. Hey, here's the it's, thing, Nader. I'm I'm beautiful, man. I've never been better. My guy Rowdy we, here is worked up about everything at all times. I always run hot. Yeah, it just seems you guys are just really going off about that $12.5 million. <laughs> million dollars, Nader. Nader, I'm always cooler than a cucumber. Rowdy's the one's hot and bothered at it. See, I'd be okay. Hey. if we, Couldn't we bump it up? Those are rookie numbers, Nader. I want at least $25 million spent. About 12 years ago, well, it was just before Aaron Rodgers started to be the starting quarterback in the offseason. I was at a Brewer game, and he was sitting like six seats from me. Yeah. And I went up and introduced myself and told him the best of luck, and he was like a sh- total jerk to me. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, it was just a, some drunken slob coming up to talk with him, and he was like, he, it was against the Dodgers, and he was a Dodger fan, and he was with like three little or you know, minions that were just followed him around, and he, he looked exactly the same as he does now. Then, oh, when he had his long, he had hair, long hair, hair, did, did you catch any of the guys that he was with? Names was one Kevin by chance? No, I did. Well, they didn't. They pretty much shunned me because it, it all of a sudden there was like a smattering around, and everybody was like, "Hey, that's Aaron Rodgers over there." And, and I was you like, got oh, yeah, out. I'm going to go got, talk to him. Don't feel that bad. Kevin was shunned too. Yeah, you got you got shoot away, Nader. They, yeah, they were like unimpressed to say the least. <laughs> well, it's because you didn't bring shots of wheatgrass and some. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just taken a shot at it. Maybe he thought it was cool or something, but no. Later, really. I'm always cool, dude. Rowdy always runs really hot, so that's just the yin and the yang of the show, right? Yeah, it just sounded like you guys are pretty worked up. I hope it'll be okay. <laughs> we'll be good. I don't know about Rowdy, but I'll be good. Later, have a good weekend, right. my man. Maybe see you later, see you, buddy. And my guy Rowdy always running hot. All right. Nader, if you're still listening, which I assume you are, Rowdy was still running hot over the commercial break because we were talking to a guy, Raphael. Uh, good morning, Raph, our gambler of the stars, mybookie.ag, VSI Doc Sports. What's up, Raph? What's up, gentlemen? So we were talking a little off air about, you know, the NL Central, and I asked you, uh, you know, about your scrubs, I mean, Cubs, and you said no one's really spending money in the division, and then, Rowdy, you screamed into the abyss, said what? That's exactly why it's time to go for it if you're the Brewers. You are the odds-on favorite to win. You have a lot of pieces. Go get a big bat. What would you say, Raphael? Uh, I think there's really not that many big bats left out there. Paul, I would say if I was the Brewers or even the Cardinals, wait to the trade trade deadline, you could probably get something cheaper then. Brewers total season wins, 89.5. Not really that getting that much action. St. Louis Cardinals total season wins. 85 and a half and the under is coming in on the Colonel. So the betters look like uh, they think the boo crew uh, is probably going to win a division. And if you guys are wondering, my Chicago Cubs uh, are 75 and a half. And Se- tons of money. 75 and a half for your scrubbies. Coming, yeah. And tons of money coming in on the under. So it's going to be a very long. <laughs> What's the, um, what about the Reds and the Pirates? <laughs> Uh, we took off the Pirates because they should be downgraded like English Premier League. The Reds are 73 and a half, <laughs> and the Lonely Pirates are 65 and a half. What were the Pirates? Literally? You said you had a lot of people coming in on the under with the Cubs. Just off the top of my head, I probably would have leaned over just because they did make a few signings here and there with some quality players. And like you said, the rest of the division is going to be crappy. There's some wins out there. There is, but if you look at how the Cubs spend, they spent a lot of one-year deals. That tells me that if they're completely out of contention, they're going to use those one-deal pieces during the trade line to bolster up their AAA and double-A and get younger like on, uh, like they did before. So that I think that's why under money is coming in. Okay. Uh, all right. All right, Raphael. Uh, again, I, I, I do this to the every year for you. If you want to shed your allegiances with the Chicago Cubs, the Scrubs, I will gladly send you a Brewers T-shirt. And all you got to do I, is on these airwaves say, I love the Milwaukee Brewers. Go Brew Crew, and you're welcome to the fold. I have a Brewers hat. I don't have a T-shirt. And you guys know me. 
I will root for the Brew Crew every time the Redbirds that they're playing uh, the Redbirds. I actually like the Brewers. I've always liked their organization, how they run things. Uh, so I would say if, if I had to pick a uh, third yes. or fourth favorite, yes. it would probably have to be Milwaukee. I always like though. I always enjoy watching them play. I like how we can get a nice spectrum of thoughts and opinions on how the Brewers spend their money and run their organization. Cause we were just bashing them. And now you said, I kind of like it. <laughs> well, cause you guys are no, no offense, but you guys are homers. You'll probably say the same thing about the bucks. I mean, you guys are faithful. You guys are into it. You guys want to, and, and I, and I understand that you guys want to, Hey, sign something. Our division's wide open, but I think you can get cheaper deals and better deals. If you hold your money and, and trade uh, at the trade deadline, than getting it now. Uh, Raphael, when it comes to money, March Madness in uh, full pr- court press right now. See what I did there? Uh, so how's the money been coming in for Vegas and you guys with March Madness and all the uh, gamblings and bets out there? My wife is actually shopping right now. She even wanted to deliver it from Amazon because after uh, Gonzaga going down yesterday and Arizona going down yesterday, the pool of money is uh, overflowing because, uh, let's face it, everyone's brackets are pretty much done now yeah. uh, with, with, with those two teams going on. I think, if, let's say, if Kansas loses today, uh, that would be totally uh, blown away. So it was, it's been a good tournament. Uh, last, last night's handle was really good for us. A perfect example, Gonzaga opened up at 8.5 point. They were closed at 10. Damn. We, we know what that outcome was. So, Raphael, let me ask you. It's something that I try not to fall victim to, but I still do it year after year because like, it's like I know in my heart of hearts that Gonzaga, sh- I should not have them winning my tournament. Like this year I did. In years past I haven't, but sometimes I get them in the Final Four. I have them on a big run because I get kind of caught up in the hype of it. So Gonzaga has made five NCAA tournament appearances as the number one seed, not won a title in those seasons. Does Vegas just clean up? on Gonzaga betters of winning it all because everyone seems to fall into the trap that they're going to do it. Last year we did uh, this year. Now let's face it. I think I thought last year's team was much better than this year's team. This team didn't really have any depth whatsoever. We saw it yesterday when the big toothpick uh, fouled out and they just didn't have any depth uh, after that. So last year, yes, this year, not so much. Everyone had them either going out of the elite eight or in the final four. So uh, we made more money last year, but again, a lot of brackets and a lot of futures, especially to win the West. Uh, a lot of uh, bracket uh, people had Gonzaga to win the West. I love the nickname, the toothpick. Could you imagine being over seven feet tall and weighing less than 200 pounds? And your name's Chet. Yeah, that's, uh, I feel. I, at least I don't feel bad for him because he's going to be cashing bigger checks uh, in a couple of months than I will be. You say bigger checks or bigger checks? Both. <laughs> so, Raph, what about Duke? What, do you guys got a lot of money coming in on Duke with Coach K? And uh, that's part of the question. The second part is, do you think the refs are out there trying to fix it for Coach K to get to a national championship? No, because let's face it, they were down pretty much the whole first half yesterday. And uh, the refs had nothing to do with the game uh, yesterday. I, I think Arkansas can give, give them complete, complete trouble. And even if they get to the Final Four, if they have to play either UNC, UCLA, or Purdue, uh, I think either one, either those three teams uh, could upset uh, uh, Duke. So, no, I'm not going to say anything. I mean, they played a great second-half uh, game. They went to zone yesterday. That was a big difference why they made that comeback. They went to zone, uh, made some key stops, and it had nothing to do with the refs. I was just wondering if, you know, they really – NCAA wanted Coach K to get to that national championship for his last hurrah, you know. Um, in your – now, you're in the circle of trust, Raphael. You can be honest with us. You've been in Vegas for a long time. Work in the casinos. Now you're out there setting the lines, doing your thing. Have you ever come across a story, seen or heard, of someone paying off refs to fix a game? 
Not reps, but players. I mean, we were, I was uh, part of the Mirage group where uh, the Mirage text uh, was the ones to notify the FBI and the NCA about the Arizona uh, really? uh, controversy game. Yeah, so uh, I, not the reps, but players. I was a part, and I've done numerous around uh, of, of talking spots. We would talk to NCA many years ago, then went to Washington, really? talked to them about what we actually do and how we can track games like that. So when you hear all the fixes in, fixes in, no, talk to someone who's actually seen the money coming in, and I can tell you that the fixer was not in. So uh, it, it, there's no way that happens. All are, are you talking about the Arizona State one that's featured on a Netflix series? Yes, yes. yes. There's a scene in that movie that they actually filmed it at the Mirage Sportsbook uh, that was actually true. Uh, a guy, I'm okay. not going to put out his... Uh, his full name is R Dub uh, uh, and stuff like that. He's the one that actually called and said, "Hey, there's something going fishy on this line." But he called the, the, uh, all the people that we're supposed to call, and, and that's how we all. What's came that down feeling like? What's it like when you know something shady is going down? Is that you? Is like butterflies in your stomach, or like this weird tense feeling? Like what's that like? No, because we you could just see it in our base. We we witness it here globally during a whole bunch of bad stuff that happens in tennis and soccer that really the Americans don't know. So we're actually used to it. And we see it just because of tennis and huh. soccer overseas. So that's why it's people like, oh, this NFL game's fixed or this NBA game's fixed. Shut up, people. It's not <laughs> happening. Because we see, we witness it probably way too many times in soccer go overseas and in tennis overseas. Okay, I did see, though, um, a lot of people, or some people started throwing big money in the Buccaneers of winning the Super Bowl, and this was before the news of Tom Brady coming back. Uh, did you have anyone throwing money down on that, like little insider information that Brady was coming back? That, and did you see that story? Uh, I, I saw that story, and it's. I think what happened with Tom Brady picking Tampa Bay for the first time, I think that's what, I mean, we had so much money of, of uh, the 49ers a couple of years ago when everyone thought uh, Aaron Rodgers was going to be traded to the 49ers before the NFL draft. We had tons of money get piled in. And I just think now these days, uh, it's almost back to the days of LeBron James when he was, before he made that horrible TV announcement that he's going to South Beach, we had so much action on the Chicago Bulls. Everyone thought he was going to pick Chicago. All of that. It's just people trying to roll their dice yeah. and pick up. Now, did the word maybe get leaked out? I'm sure it does, just like every other yeah. uh, event like that, but nothing fixed, David. Oh, Raphael joining us right now. Man, that's crazy. I would love to uh, pick your brain more on that. But, Raphael, something else I want to pick your brain on. You love your entertainment prop bets. What you cooking that uh, can maybe make us raise an eyebrow with what you got some gambling on? Uh, I released my Top Gun Maverick movie prop bets uh, just because the new trailer came out. So uh, those were out. Will Goose be mentioned in the movie? Uh, will there be a beach volleyball scene in a Top Gun Maverick movie? Yeah. So, uh, of course, that's uh, that one's up there. And, then, and all weekend long, I'm trying to put as many WrestleMania prop bets. That's next week, Yeah, uh, the two-day event in Dallas. So I'll be doing a whole bunch of wrestling prop bets. How many F5s would be? Seeing what anybody be bloodied. I mean, there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff that's going to be a, a very entertaining. Have you seen the new Top Gun yet? Not yet, but I'm supposed to get a sneak of uh, movie scene to me sent to me, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. But uh, I'm interested. I'm, I had to watch the trailer so many times when I was doing profits. I'm actually pretty excited for it. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Top Gun, Raph. I mean, I'm a little younger for it, but I still love the movie. But I feel like that was in your wheelhouse growing up. Yes. Yes, and what else is in my wheelhouse? Today is, uh, today is 39 years ago today. The movie The Outsiders was released. One oh, of my favorite movies. What a flick. I love One of my favorites. Uh, Raph, well, if you have some free time in between all the madness of March and all your entertainment profits, maybe just a little rest, a little relaxation, and watching The Outsiders tonight. How's, how's that oh, sound? Oh, oh, oh. 
I'm definitely watching that today. All right, Raph. We love you, buddy. And thanks for all the insight. Just crazy that that insider stuff, too. Raph, have a good weekend, man. We love you. Take it easy, guys. See you, buddy. There's Raphael, VSI Doc Sports on Twitter, mybookie.ag, Doc Sports, you name it. Did you did you watch Top Gun? Or you... I've never seen Top Gun. I'm not a Tom Cruise guy. Oh, yeah, you you're that. not a Tommy Cruise guy. He's had a few good movies. But...